Hey there, it's Adi. Hey, it's Shruti, and welcome back to You Didn't Ask, We Deliver. Um, I think you guys already know what this episode is going to be out, considering when we're releasing it, so I'm just going to start off with what the hell. I think that's pretty appropriate. Yep, pretty appropriate statement to start us off. Yeah, so today, because we're filming this at 11.38 p.m., so it's still um, Friday, but... Yeah, today the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in a 6-3 ruling, which essentially means that instead of abortion being protected as a national liberty, it will be left up to the states. Mm -hmm. So while this does not mean that abortion is totally banned all across the nation, it does mean that it will likely be banned in... I want to say 26 out of 50 states. I could be wrong on that number, but I, I'm pretty sure that it's over 20 states. Right now, it's at least 13, and more could be um, following suit. Yeah, I counted about, like, yeah, yeah, 26 states. Um, yeah, including Georgia, the great state in which we live. Um, and. Phenomenal. Um, we'll go into more detail, but again, like whatever, um, you know, laws and exceptions kind of hold to that state will, is now protected. It's essentially just a, up to the state in which you live, what the rule is going to be. Um, and then if you want to share Clarence's quote as well, we can share that. Yeah. So now that Roe v. Wade has officially been overruled, Um, One of the judges that voted in favor of doing so, Clarence Thomas, also put out this statement today, and I quote, We should reconsider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell. So for those of you, oh, end quote. Um, So for those of you that aren't exactly familiar what each of those cases were about, Griswold covered um, contraception for married couples. Lawrence covered LGBT sex and Obergefell covered same-sex marriage. So essentially what Clarence Thomas is saying is that, okay, Roe v. Wade was under the notion of privacy. So were these cases. So now these um, cases are essentially up for grabs, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term. Essentially, it's it, he believes that these things should not be also nationally protected liberties and that it should be a state's issue. Right, exactly. Um, So that's kind of the expansion based on the statement in addition to their recent overturning. So, yeah, we had a lot happen today. I I, I, it honestly, like, that statement was, for me, kind of like putting salt in the wound. It's like, okay... Yeah, we get it. You overturn Roe v. Wade, and now you're saying so many other people's rights are also just going to be, or I mean, obviously they're not taken away right now. So I'm going to try not to get ahead of myself, but I wouldn't be shocked if like that were to come up in the future. Right. Um, yeah. This really just like, uh, I mean, now that we've kind of shared the bare bone facts, because I think I do think it's important to understand like what exactly this means yeah. before we like then expand it to potential, you know, how things are going to play out and like potential implications of, the, of this decision, all that. But um, 
yeah, it's it's very jarring. Um, should we go ahead and get into kind of how this plays out? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, one thing that I saw kind of circulating on social media, like before today, but like kind of when people were starting to feel that, okay, maybe this is going to be a thing, like Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned, is that, okay, Roe v. Wade is on the notion of privacy. If, so, so that means that, okay, now this, right to privacy is sort of like this sort of gray area. Like it's not really firmly stated in the constitution or explicitly stated in the constitution. So it's not something that's like explicitly guaranteed. I don't see how, because now abortion is going to be a state by state issue, especially like bordering states where it's like one state is going to ban it. One state is going to protect it why there wouldn't be like police officers on that border if like I were to want if I were to travel to some blue state why there wouldn't be police officers at a border saying like okay in order to enter this state that you know happens to be protecting abortion you have to present to me a negative pregnancy test I don't see any law that would now prevent that from happening because that's my right to privacy to like, you know what I'm saying? Like to announce a pregnancy status. Mm -hmm. It, I mean, again, it sounds like a very dramatic turn of events per se, but if you think about it, it's very like very much pro practical, very much possible. And it kind of like highlights just what it means for states to be able to like have the rights to like make their own laws to govern their own citizens like this is the reality of how things can play out right like yeah. the it's all about what laws they have as a state and how they're choosing to enforce it so we like the two of us had the conversation on this a little bit earlier but again it's like not only are like our abortions illegal but they can decide how they want to enforce that that law exists in their state right which can also include like let's make sure like you know like they can't leave to a different state without this or like, you yeah. know, there, there's just like a lot of ways, um, you know, they can um, essentially enforce the laws that they have. And this can be increasingly more damaging to um, uh, to women who want to get access to an abortion. So again, just further complicates the issue. Um, I guess I can kind of go into body autonomy as well um, as a discussion. Um, so basically a lot of times we like to compare, um, the sort of like rights of like a woman's, um, to their body and to making decisions about their health in relation to like having a child. But, um, I like drawing the parallel to like an organ donor. Yeah. Um, and we both came to the sad reality as we were discussing earlier that as a woman, I have more rights as a dead person than I do alive yeah. um, to my own body. Yeah. Um, it sounds dramatic, but breaking that down, um, I'm an organ donor listed on my driver's license. So if I pass, um, all my organs are up for grabs in order to save a life. And that's the decision I made. Um, that was my right. I was able to choose that. Um, and so the government is not forcing me to donate organs to save other lives. I'm not forced like my dead body is not forced to save other lives. Right. Yeah. But it's odd because 
like as a woman, I would be forced to have a child if I was pregnant. And that is me alive being forced to support another life when as a dead person, I wouldn't be forced to support another life. And I think that's also a literal equivalent parallel because during pregnancy, like from what I understand medically, it's like, yeah, like the mother's blood is going into the placenta, which would like provide nutrients for the fetus. So that's like using your heart because your heart is the one that pumps blood. It's literally like your organs are used to grow like the fetus in pregnancy. So it's like it's literally an equivalent parallel in pregnancy. Your organs are being used to in order to um, create an eventual baby. But then in organ donation, you're choosing like literally it's organs and life. like the two variables are the same, if that makes sense. It's like organs and life, organs and life. Yep. That's what it comes down to. And but as yeah, a dead a- person, we have more rights about whether those organs are being used to create a life or not. But as mm-hmm. an alive woman in America, we don't really have that choice anymore. Um, it um, honestly was like one of the most sad realizations I'd come to. I mean, obviously, all of this news was sad, but like, yeah. especially that parallel was like incredibly depressing to hear um just like how much we're kind of like reverting in terms of personal liberties and protecting that on a national level it's just insane yeah yeah it's um yeah it's not easy to hear for sure (laughs) and kind of like going back to the quote that i said earlier from clarence thomas about those three um cases about contraception lgbt sex and same-sex marriage Let's just like run with this notion that, okay, they look at these cases and those are also overturned. Um, That would mean, okay, so those cases are also given back to the states. Likely the blue states would still protect those rights and the red states would likely not. That would mean that as a nation, it's like our the citizens wouldn't have the same lived experience it wouldn't really be some sort of unified experience and say like living in america means you're having this kind of lifestyle because someone from new york is going to have a fundamentally different life than someone from georgia or someone from like an even more red state like i don't know utah i don't even know Mm -hmm. but like so then it's just like okay what is like being an american mean what does the american dream mean what is like the American lifestyle mean it's so different depending on your zip code. Right. It like, again, it's interesting because I think, and again, the two of us were talking about this earlier, but um, it's interesting, like the way the Supreme court kind of views like states rights versus like the way I kind of see it. Cause I think in their minds, they kind of view it as this passive, like, Oh, all these personal liberties, like whether they should exist for citizens or not, let's leave it to the States. Like each state can decide for their own citizens. But like, it seems very kind of like, Oh, like I'm not going to decide on it. Y'all got it. Or like, y'all can do what's best for you. But the reality is that you've decided that personal liberty isn't important enough to protect on a national level. Um, for all your citizens and instead decided that, okay, you know, if some, some states decide they don't want to protect that, then so be it. And it's what you're saying true. Like it's going to create such a different, like fundamental, like experience 
um, between, again, a state as liberal as New York and a state as conservative as Georgia. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's it, it's frustrating on top of an already such divided country. Like our country is so divided politically, so divided. Yeah. Um, and we've seen this essentially since Trump has become president. Um, yep. We've seen like a divide worse than I've ever seen like in my lifetime. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's just like, it's kind of frustrating seeing this like continue. Um, yeah. And I will say like, um, from a sociological perspective that the effect of this ruling will fall on the back, like fall the hardest on, um, non-white poorer women or poorer people that can, um, give birth. Sorry, I didn't use exactly inclusive <laughs> language at first there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll fall on poor non-white people who can give birth. It won't be for the rich and even upper middle class um, white people that ha will have the ability to travel in, in the event that travel isn't restricted for this purpose. Um, so, yeah, it's like and guess what? The majority of the base of the Republican Party is white so do they really care about the people that aren't voting for them honestly i don't think so so i'm not entirely shocked by how this would affect um society and its citizens i mean you bring up a good point right like i feel like i say this almost every single time but like republicans love to or like conservatives love to say like oh like um, liberals play with identity politics, or like they're obsessed with, you know, like identity factors, like belonging to certain race or certain yeah. sex. And it's like, okay, but like this is just breaking down demographic. Like this is just breaking down sociological factors, right? Like if some states have like ha like protect this as a liberty, protect abortion as a liberty, and others don't, then like obviously, if you're wealthy, if you have more privilege, like you can you can transfer like transport yourself to a state where this is possible like if a state was to enforce it at a level that we were talking about where you would need um a pregnancy test then they could probably afford to like afford a pregnancy test like use a fake one you know like they could afford to have like resources to get an abortion versus like um you know like people of a lower socioeconomic status or like yeah. you know disadvantaged by race or other factors like you're just not gonna have the same resources so yeah you're right you know like like they love to point that out but it's like no this is just breaking down sociological like factors in society so and speaking of like republicans being a part um like a problem in this whole abortion issue i kind of want to switch gears and talk about how dems have also been a problem when it comes to roe v wade and this issue Ooh, um, hot take <laughs> I don't even know if it's that hot of a take. I've seen plenty of other people with this take. But mm. I was talking um, to one of my friends earlier when this news broke out. Shout out to Reem. Um, but <laughs> so basically she mentioned on her Snapchat story that essentially what what happened was abortion hasn't actually been this divided of an issue 
forever or however long it's been brought up in politics. Um, it's only been this partisan and this divided recently. Before, even Republicans weren't really like against it. Like Dems and Republicans basically had the same opinion on abortion. And so, but Dems were, I think, were a little bit more for like on the leaning on the pro-choice side. So when Dems had the power um, before, they had the ability to codify it into law. But they did not do that to keep voters on their toes and basically say like, no, we got to protect Roe v. Wade. We got to protect Roe v. Wade. Like you got to keep voting for us so that we can do that. We can do that. And Dems were honestly just kind of playing the blame game um, when it came to, yeah, they were just uh, playing the blame game when it came to, you know, Roe v. Wade and abortion, they were like, oh, it's all the Republicans' fault, but, like, if you vote for us, then it, like, won't be a problem. But, obviously, that's not the case now with this. It's, like, Mm -hmm. they're just... Like, all these... Like, I'm gonna be honest, all these protests are great, voting is great, but, like, all that seems like like a postpartum, like, band-aid, almost. Mm -hmm. Like, like you could have caught this in the earlier stages of like right this like disease, it's a little you know? bit it's it's like a too little too late situation like yeah. you have the chance to protect this liberty yeah exactly. on a national level the way you claim you support in your like platform since like for a very long time now so it's just like yeah it's definitely frustrating to hear that that was you know that that didn't play out and it's funny especially considering the fact that I used to always say that like Roe v like um overturning Roe v Wade was kind of like a Republican dangle and then the fact that it now they did actually overturn Roe v Wade um so it's just you know it's one of those like it's interesting to see how like the Democratic Party has also like played you know gotten kind of a benefit off of this you know dangling this issue so yeah and so now like in terms of what this means for midterms I feel like I was talking about this with another one of my friends um we were saying it's probably like 50 50 because the economy is bad so people might blame Biden but then also with Roe v Wade being overturned people are like okay this is a Republican's fault I don't know that's a that could be a whole other episode but I just wanted to bring that up because it was kind of brought up in some of the discussions that I had with friends today about like what this means for the future. Yeah. I think it's like, yeah, there's like a lot we kind of need to discuss in terms of like what this means for the future. I think like, you know, just the way people's rights are going to play out, like questioning every personal Liberty, um, seeing who like seeing that socioeconomic divide of who has access to resources versus who doesn't, um, seeing how this is going to impact women's health overall. Like people don't realize how much abortion is a integral part of healthcare and a part of, um, you know, caring for a woman's health and like caring for a pregnant woman's health. Right. Like not, you know, as even for a woman who does want a child, like not every time that child is going to be viable or is the pregnancy going to be safe or healthy for the mom. And, you know, um, like there's a lot of situations where an ab- abortion would be appropriate healthcare for the mom, um, even beyond the fact that even beyond like 
simply just not wanting to carry a child to full term. So, yeah, you know, yeah, it definitely has implications in a lot of different manners for sure. Yeah. So, um, do you just want to do like general thoughts right now? Yeah, I guess I also kind of wanted to touch on, um, kind of the, like the religious aspect of, um, Roe v. Wade and, you know, anti-abortion, um, rhetoric. Um, and again, Shrew and I were talking about this earlier as well, but it's so interesting to me that like, um, one of our nation's like fundamental foundational values is to separate church and state, right? Like people first came to, um, to uh, America, like in you know, to free of you know pursuit of their religious of yeah. their religion, right? Like they yeah. didn't want to be persecuted for their religion. They wanted to be you know free to practice their religion at its scope, and that's like a fundamental part of our country. But the fact that like we now have the this liberty not be protected, and like the fact that this is pretty, you know, like pretty adjacent to Christianity and also um, goes against other religions too. Like in um, Judaism, um, they actually believe that you should um, value the mother's life over the child's life if the mother's at harm. Um, and so, you know, in this case, like by having the states come up with, you know, states decide on abortion, like you're not protecting like that religious freedom as well. So I don't know, it just kind of brings up like an interesting perspective on like whether this is even secular. Um, so, yeah, I honestly, I think it's like a disservice to any sort of good faith argument. Um, when Republicans or like conservatives say that this, the whole, that they can argue their position strictly from a secular perspective and that they have like no influence politically um, from their religion. And from mm -hmm. like a Christian theocratic perspective. So, yeah, yeah I will say I, I got the, I was literally like, I was like working, I was studying and I got, I was looking at my phone and the notification popped up and immediately my, like my heart dropped. Like, I don't need, I don't want to sound like dramatic, like, oh, this isn't like directly impacting you or like you, I don't need, like you haven't gotten an abortion. Like, I don't want, I don't even want to hear that. Like my heart, my heart dropped. And I was like, in my head, I was like, please say psych right now. Like, please tell me that mm -hmm. this is a prank right now. I was like, I don't even, I couldn't even grasp that this was like a reality. And immediately I just started like, I texted you, like I texted mm -hmm. other friends. I was like, like, did you hear, did you see the news? Like, what is this, what is going on? Like, we were just trying, we were literally like, chickens with our heads cut off we were like what is happening like we were all like it was insane I don't even I can't even eloquently say what I'm trying to say but I'll say this and I don't know if this makes me cocky I don't know if this will make me sound like stuck up or conceited but I honestly don't really care um I go to one of the best schools in Georgia and also one of the best like in the top five public schools in the nation and my school has also been recognized internationally for its programs. Getting in is not easy and I'm doing well at this school. So let's say that like, yeah, I have a certain level of talent. 
I am planning on attending medical school and having a well-respected um, career in society. If the state that I've lived in for the majority of my life continues to have policies like this, I will gladly take my talents elsewhere where I'm appreciated and where I'm respected as a human being. I don't give a shit about like this state that enough or that much. It's, I mean, and again, like as much as I agree, it also like speaks to our personal privilege as well that like that's even a decision like we can even consider making. Right. Like, um, because I mean, again, same here, like I've lived in Georgia my whole life. I like, you know, went to college here and, you know, like I'm getting medical training here. Like it just is, again, like it's just bizarre, but like it, if I'm not in a state that's going to support my personal liberties, then as much as I've been a part of the community, I don't really feel welcome in a state that is going to support me and value my liberties. So, you know, brings an interesting point to think about for sure. Yep. Yeah. I just wanted to like, I wanted to put that out there because I do know that like, Georgia does value, I will say Georgia does value its students and its students that do well. And like with the Zell Miller scholarship and everything, um, they try to keep talent within the state. But they have to prove why talent should stay in in the state, right? That's why they have this whole scholarship. Mm -hmm. And I think um, rulings like these aren't really proving why we should you and i um but yeah yeah Uh, it's it's given us a lot to think about i think in a lot of ways we're still speechless as we continue to process like all the different implications of what's going on what this means for our future um you know like just living in the state as a healthcare professional um, but I guess I kind of also wanted to end on like a call that call to action too. like, yes, there are things, you know, we can be doing. Um, I think the biggest thing we can be doing is paying attention to those midterm elections. Um, Georgia has a big one, right? Like we're trying to elect a new governor. So, um, you know, like, is it going to be Stacey Abrams or is it going to be Brian Kemp again? Um, yeah. and a lot of other states have this issue, like in Texas, um, whether it's going to be Greg Abbott or if Beto can, you know, supersede him. So, and this will dramatically change again, like if a lot of these personal liberties are going to start being a state's rights issue, then a lot of these state and local elections are going to be a big deal and like we need to start paying attention to it. So. Yep. All right. Well, I don't know if I have really anything else to say besides I think, yeah, like we need to go vote, but I think that's the bare minimum. I think we need to go out and protest. We need to like do as much as we can as citizens to be civically engaged. To quote my AP Gov teacher from my senior year of high school, civic engagement is important. And I think now now more than ever. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time, folks, when something else happens in the news... We'll be there. We'll see you then.